Hey, this is Alex. And this is B-San. And welcome to Why Waterloo, your podcast for everything tech and music and movies and art and how does it feel saying that you haven't you haven't delivered that line i'm surprised i still remembered it this is uh episode one of season three which we have always very arbitrarily defined what a season is and isn't so i'm glad we're still on that oh i can't say that it's okay we can bleep that out okay uh a season i guess is in the eye of the beholder well i mean i'm pretty sure that we have like seasons that are um like in the calendar we do have seasons in the calendar. Anyway, it's good to be back. Nice to be back. Um, it's been a bit. I forgot where the key was uh, <laughs> for the room. That was kind of fun adventure. I've never known where the key is. I'm, I've been perpetually locked out of this room. It's basically, um, it's kind of, I didn't have cobwebs in it, thank goodness. Oh, that's nice. Because. Uh, I miss our little podcast Well, our, our friend, we've had some friends use it. Have we? Um, some friends from N-Circle. Oh, that's we're nice. We're using it. And... Um, some friends from Plasticity Labs were using it. There's an innovation lab as well, right? No. Didn't you say? No, Velocity. Oh, Velocity. Our friend Katie from Velocity, Velocity Science. Velocity, Velocity. Uh, who's agreed to let us use the centrifuge. Yes, yes. It, it, Alex told me with, with bated breath, he was so excited at this centrifuge's possibilities. I'm still not sure. I mean, it spins things, right? It, it's the, uh, the, the, when you think of, Centrifugal. Well, no, no, no. When you think of a montage of science, like <laughs> someone's doing an experiment, they're trying to like get the cure for like a zombie plague or something. A montage? There's, yeah, like they're like showing like scientists working okay. to like come up with a cure uh-huh. or get a vaccine, uh-huh. and there's always a centrifuge in it. See, my favorite montages are like shopping and makeovers. Also good. Also good, right? Like a nice, like, Clueless-style makeover montage is really my kind of montage bread and butter. Yeah. yeah. We should um, find a way to work a montage we should, we should have into one a of video. Yeah, that'd be so fun. I don't know how we're going to do that. So, um, yeah, it's been a couple months. I think our last episode that we recorded was sometime in July. And it is, I mean, it's November now. So it's been it's been a chunk. Of, have you been, what have you been up to? <laughs> uh... I don't even remember. Like, September is a blur. It's true. Because we, um, it's our busiest, every month is busy, but September with school back in session, both at universities and, like, people with their kids in school, becomes a bit of a, uh... It's a a busy time for our community, yeah, with two universities in town, too. And a college. And a college, yeah. Yeah, It's, uh, back to school becomes, you know, a, a group activity. Yeah, I'm not a fan of September. I like September. I don't. I do. Um, I like October, November. I enjoy October, type. and I mean, I there's only a few months that I'm like mm, could do without February. April's the worst. Worse. March kind of drags. April worst. isn't the worst though, because April the April prepares us for May. <laughs> I guess. Do you know I what I mean? Like so April's like you're uh, almost done. What did you do? Not much. This is summer. <laughs> um, well, I had a really fun summer project where I like ran for office, and that was pretty uh, intense, um, and that was a, an interesting experience. And um, I get asked a lot if I would do it again, and the answer is like probably. Let me just recover. <laughs> um, it, it seems like it would be a. I talked to a lot of candidates over the over the course of the election, and it's. it's I always thought about it, and I'm not 
I would never rule it out 100%. That'd but, be fun. But wow. I mean, the amount of like mental and emotional energy you seem to have to put into that. So much. And I think I knew that there would be a lot of time, um, that it would just take a lot of time. Uh, but I was in my usual kind of um, probably delusional way. I thought I could also do my full-time job and campaign. So that wasn't, I mean, if I did it again, I would know, no, you can't. Hey, PSA, no. PSA, you want to run for politics? Take a break from your day job. Yeah, you got to go. You uh, got to gotta do it completely. Hard on the paint. I, was hard, I mean, I don't know if it's hard on the paint. It's hard on the sidewalk. Uh, but yeah, you have to definitely knock on a bunch of doors and meet as many people as possible. Um, but it was, uh, it was such a good experience and mm. I got to meet so many people. I'm still a little bit recovering. Tired of the sound of my own voice. It's, but, uh, and I'm sure I'll I'm sure I'll grow to love it again. You know what? Soon. Like any experience, I you know it's cliche, but you you've learned something. I have, I have. I actually, I mean, I know I don't want to sound like hokey because I actually have yeah. learned a lot. Um, I learned about so many different policy issues that are affecting the region, but I just met so many people and I heard a lot of interesting stories and a lot of um, um, important you know, stories and experiences. So that's going to definitely stick with me. Um, but I, that's not all I've done. So we also did, you know, we had summer school in August. Summer school. Summer school was great. We, we did four sold out community classes. Um, and that was a really wonderful kind of way uh, to get people into our space. And we, we, we had just like an improv one, a website making one. So that was really great. We also did another pitch in at the end of September. So that was that was really great. We had um, over 100 people again come in to find out about how to volunteer and, and, and what it takes to be a volunteer. Um, and we also did Oktoberfest. We did Oktoberfest that, too. That beast. And so we walked in the Oktoberfest parade, which was um, a just a really intense experience. And it was so much fun. And there were so many people. And even though it was raining, it was really, really cool. We had um, a challenge that we had issued to some of our member companies. And we had some of the winning food drive um, food collectors uh, participate in walking in that parade with us. So we had Dozer, uh, Simwave, and Skywatch uh, participate in actually walking in the parade. And, you know, you get to yell, like... You know, happy Thanksgiving or happy Oktoberfest. I, and you I love wave the And it's just, it was really nice. We, it we, was a great day. We sat through the whole thing the again. The whole thing. And I think it's like our, I don't even know how many years now I've been watching it. But it's, it's good. It's nice. And it was, um, it's not like a lot of other parades that I've been to in other cities where, um, so they don't put up barricades between the, like no. the people who are watching in the parade. So you can actually kind of like see people and you can see your neighbors and people are just sitting on the sides. And we were actually towards the back of the parade. And I was getting a little bit nervous um, because the parade starts at like nine in the morning and we didn't even really start walking until after 10 and it had rained and all that stuff. And so I was just from the very back of the parade. I was like, oh, there's not going to be anybody left. Like, it's going to be so sad. We're going to walk in. It's going to be just empty. And it it was packed. It's still to oh, the no. very, it, very end of the we parade. We were at the end. Yeah. And, uh, well, at the end. We stayed till the end. Yeah. And yeah it was still like no it one was had still really, so many, nobody had. No one had bailed. Nobody bailed. Yeah. yeah. No, that was really impressive. And it was, um, it, that was a really great experience. So, yeah, I've been up to a lot, but I'm really looking forward to, you know, this, this next kind of part of the of the of season where we just. Get some guests. We get some guests. We have some good chats. Um, so this is actually. Uh, so if you're for if you're new to Y Waterloo, let's let's maybe 
talk about why we I do this I thought everyone listened to it already. Uh, you know what, though? There was a couple of people when I was can, can, like campaigning who were like, yeah. I listened to that podcast, and my mind was blown. Yeah. So if you are one of those people that came up to me and said, you listened to Why Waterloo, just know you're probably a big part of why we're back here today. Well, so I, I have, okay, so I'll talk about that. I do have one surprise. What? Uh, well, no, I'll tell you. We're oh. doing it. But uh, yeah, hey, why do you listen to this podcast? Yeah, what is this podcast for, Alex? Uh, uh, this podcast is just uh, once a week. Uh, we come onto the uh, the airwaves. The airwaves. And we talk about uh, some stuff that's happening in the community. It's a nice mix of guests from both tech and the arts community and charitable community. Basically, Different communities. We're all one big community, but yeah. you know, there's little little pockets, little pockets, little pockets that we like to break into, and, and we uh, try and get people's kind of perspectives on why they're here and what and you know what they think is special about Waterloo Region and working and living and you know doing community work here. Um, so those are always really you know interesting chats that we get to have. We're neither of us are from here, exactly. So that's why. And so that's we're the we're, we're the, the we're yeah. the outsiders. You're we're less of an outsider. You're more of an insider. Well, I mean, I guess I, I kind guess of I, ran for politics. I don't get to Yeah, that kind of makes anymore. you like the, the, like the man. Expo- <laughs> exponentially. I'm the system. More into this. Yeah, I guess um, so. Did you do, but you, just to flip back, did you do any October thing? Did you get to go out? Oh, well, I, I well, so so in my position at Communitech, yeah. uh, I do community relations for Communitech. And so all of our kind of community sponsorships, I manage. So I did a lot of Oktoberfest, but I didn't drink once at Oktoberfest, no, except for that morning, that breakfast. It's not that about was, it's not, I know I'm it's not, not, not I know, drinking. But you were like, go out. I didn't have, I did didn't go out in the fest? traditional sense. Um, I fested. I met. I enjoyed myself. We went to uh, just so many different Oktoberfests from the Miss Oktoberfest gala, um, I believe it was, uh, to um, a bunch of really great kind of community-facing events to, um, you know, Concordia Club, which is always just super exciting. We made these little um, Communitech robot pins, and we gave, around, we gave around like 400 of those away. Um, so we have just, uh, it, it was a really great Oktoberfest this year, as it, as it always I is. I got to do a, uh, I went out twice, not including the breakfast, so three times, but twice. And one was uh, what I think the Oktoberfest committee would like to hear is the future of Oktoberfest. And then I also had a very traditional mm. uh, night. So the first night I went out on the first weekend, I headed to uh, Oktoberfest House oh. at Lot 42. And how was that? I actually didn't. Well, I have a lot of memories of Law 42 from True North, uh, which tickets are on sale right now. And uh, it was weird walking into it and remembering where, like, all our stuff is. Yeah. And, like, we, you know, we had 2,000 some odd people there. And I'm like, we had a, uh, I would have. I would have put that I would have put the place, stage over yeah. there, I guess. Uh, no, but it was, it was, it was uh, cashless. So you had a little, little oh, bracelet. RFID. That you tapped and paid. It was cool. It worked. It worked. Asking for tips a little awkward when the server is like, "Can you add a tip?" And I'm you then, to you're do, on yeah, your bracelet. Yeah, that's yeah, like, interesting. But you know that was that was very cool. I even used. Uh, I don't. I don't really use uh, car services like the the Ubers and the mm-hmm. Lyfts. Um, I like water. We don't Uber. have Lyfts. What here in town? I don't even know. Uh, but I, I used uh, that local app from. Uh, oh, local with Waterloo a K. Taxi, and that's good. It was so weird. Why? No, because I was like, I called. Can you pay on the app? Yeah. You can. And the driver had never had anyone use it. So he's like, and I, like, he pulls up and I'm like, it was like John. And I'm like, hey, John. He's like, how do you know my name? I'm like, this app just told me this is. This, this is, is cool. And I'm, I like taxis, and no one's going to change my I mind. I love taxis. I love Waterloo Taxi. Um, and um, then my uh, my traditional night, 
was uh, Schwaben. Schwaben, yeah. Got into Schwaben, uh, my wife and uh, sister-in-law and uh, father-in-law. And you had some sausage or schnitzel? I had snos- uh, sausage. Sausage. Had some sausage. Uh, they serve wine by the bottle there. Yes, it's which is very nice. For the celiac, it's a fantastic <laughs> way to spend a night. Yeah. Uh, so it was good. Yeah. A little dancing. And, That's fun. Yeah, yeah no, Oktoberfest is always... Uh, I actually had the fun experience of going to an Oktoberfest thing with some out-of-towners on the second weekend, and Concordia Club was, like, I think mm. pretty impressive to them because we... You know, there's a lot of people there. It's really big. It's um, it's good. It's it's a bit of a shift for people who are used to, you know, how we can be... Yeah. Smaller sometimes. Anyway, so um, generally at this point in the podcast, we would have a guest. We're not going to have a guest this week. We're just oh. going to jump into our third part. No, that's my surprise. Oh. Um, you might not remember this, <laughs> um, but I don't know when. August, probably, uh, we had in uh, the two gentlemen from Devil's Cut. Oh, I yeah. do remember that. Yeah. I wasn't there for we that Mike interview. And, Angel in, and Jeff Pickle came. Why was Jeff there? Jeff just, I don't even know. Jeff just showed up. I, you know what? It's <laughs> it like, like it's November and that was in August and I can't remember, like, did I, like, did we run into each other on the street? And I was like, hey, come to our pod. I don't know. But Pickle is like a special, special guest. Oh my gosh. With it. I have the files. Oh gosh. We just like. So we do have a guest. So you, I'm going to, we're going gonna to take a listen. So uh, for, for those who, who don't listen, uh, Devil's Cut podcast is uh, a local podcast going into, I think they did just did their third season, I want to say. Hopefully I'm not insulting them by saying only three. Could be more. Um, similar uh, to us. Um, they yeah. talk about music. Uh, this season, all their uh, guest hosts were uh, women from the neighborhood. That's nice. Yeah, so it was a really interesting perspective to, to yeah. kind of hear from other people. Um, I love listening to it. Yeah. It's a really – I like it because they, they talk about – they've all grown up here, so they talk about How the things. community's kind of changed not, a little. Not that no? way. No, they kind of just like in the way that like if you had a bunch of – it's like listening to a bunch of, in a, in a really good way, high school friends who yeah. are like now further on in life – talking about this stuff they did in high school and university. So you like references to Loose Change Louis and McGinnis Front Row and these kind of bars that... Loose Change Louis? Louis. Loose Change Louis. Oh, I've never been. Oh, well, it's gone. Oh, like, it's I been gone for, okay. for ages. Now, what's funny, so when I moved to Canada, uh, that was the first bar, second bar, second bar I ended up at. And it was it was a it was a good night. Yeah. And uh, so when I listened to that, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that. That's so fun. it's it's kind of a nice way to kind of. Well, those uh, it's two guys, right? Two guys. Yeah. Um, they are on Twitter, and I remember they did this kind of question on Twitter to yeah. all the candidates of like, what would your campaign song be? Yeah. And that was one of my favorite Twitter threads of the election because some of them actually had really fun songs, and some of them I was like. No, I wouldn't vote no, for you. No, and that's and they that's a riff on. They have an episode every season where they do the um, walkout songs for uh, Blue Jays players. Oh yeah. yeah, well I that's my whenever I take anybody to a Jays game, I always ask them what their walkout song yeah. would be because uh, I already know what mine would be, and it's a it's a doozy. What is it? It's Sandstorm by Darude. I don't know that. Yes, you do. Do Okay, we're going to oh, play, that, play later, that later. Yeah. You definitely Anyways, do if you, you're uh, old enough to know that song. Let's take a listen to this special Lost episode Lost of Why Waterloo. From the archives. All right, so today we've got some special guests in the studio here with us. Uh, a little bit of a crossover. Everyone says Marvel's Infinity War Avengers was the most ambitious crossover. I like to think uh, that today's episode is. So we've got Angela Mike from the Devil's Cut podcast. And Jeff Pickle from 570 in here as well. 
everybody? Hello, everybody. It's a it's a a podcast crossover and then like a traditional media elements in it as well. So it is really, the old and new. Yes, it is. That's the yeah, alpha and the omega. Like a crossover yeah. of crossovers. That's right. That's I right. don't know if any of you are, are basketball fans, but can we like talk for two minutes later on about who had the nastiest crossover? <laughs> we could. It doesn't matter. I mean, we could. It's yeah, it's yeah. uh. The, you know. I believe the answer is uh, Prince. <laughs> Call that a tease oh. for the end of the show. So what? Yes. Come back yeah. and make me pancakes, okay. kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. All so right. uh, a whole bunch of stuff, and I don't even know where to begin on this. Um, Mike, you have notes, and it's probably better than I should have had notes when we we're doing this. I uh, always have notes. But your your podcast, so you this is your third season. Yeah, that's great. You've been doing it. It is, uh, I think, unique in in multiple ways, but one of the specific ways is that it is a summertime podcast. Um, so that's a little bit different. So why? What's the 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 reason behind doing it in the summer? Well, um, part of it is, is scheduling. Quite honestly, uh, yeah. Mike and I are both educators. Um, I know for for myself, I'm I'm off in the summer, if you want to call it that. So I have uh, eight glorious weeks uh, to sit and think about what I would want to talk about on a podcast. I don't typically, but um, and. Uh, yeah, and it's nice that we that, that time frame is really condensed. Uh, you know, if we gave ourselves like the entire year, I think we'd probably dilly dally, and go two or three weeks at a time doing episodes. So a weekly basis is kind of nice. Yeah, yeah. No, it gives us it gives us uh, something to do in the summer as well. It's and it's fun. It's uh, um, I'm I'm lucky enough to have Fridays off in my role, so um, Fridays are a perfect day that we can do it. Um, and yeah, like Angel said, it really keeps it condensed and it keeps it gives us a schedule. I find. You know, I'm more yeah. likely to do something if I have a nice schedule assigned to me. So it's almost like how a Game of Thrones season being so short makes it so good. <laughs> That's exactly yeah, we're, it. We're, yeah. yeah, our podcast is basically as huge as Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting you guys talk about like that off the bat about when to launch a podcast because in addition to you know working in radio, I'm, I'm working on a, a podcast right now, and we actually had a conversation with the people I'm working on it with is like. Well, when is like is there a good podcast season? Hmm. And we were kind of like maybe we'll look into it. I kind of was with the idea that it doesn't really matter, but maybe there are better times when hey, if, if you're like yeah. the second week in September, that's that's podcast season. But it, <laughs> that's it, peak it, podcast. Yeah. Right there. yeah, I don't know. That's what makes podcasts as a genre or whatever medium kind of unique. Like they're, I mean, I, I couldn't tell you when a good time to start it. Sooner rather than later, I guess, just to get yeah. your stuff out there yeah. before it, it kind of fades away, right? I don't know. Well, I mean, I think it depends too. If, if it's if you were doing a sports-related one and it's a specific right. season, that makes sense. Um, even for this one, like this is our second season, and the only reason it's the second is the first season we were just trying to figure out if we could do it. Like, mm-hmm. could we consistently mm-hmm. record every week, edit, and uh, and get it on on air onto uh, SoundCloud? Mm-hmm. And we're able to, and so we ended the season. Then we came back. We're like, okay, now we know what to do. But yeah. we, we don't know when to end. So this is the third season finale we've recorded, <laughs> and we just keep going. And we're like, eh, that was good. Do you really want to end on that? So that's the uh, that's the the rub right now. Oh, okay, that's great. I'm also that's one of the other things I was also curious about, and and I've talked about it, is like, yeah, when do you? How many episodes do you go to keep things? You know, keep the quality up for those however right. many episodes. Yeah. You don't want to dilute the product. So I know you guys were talking about eight weeks, and that, that was the number I landed on too. So eight sounds mm-hmm. like a good magic number. Yeah, we like eight. Um, we like eight because it gives us the time to think about, like you said, good quality topics that we there's a lot that we can do. And then also we, we like to have a guest on each show as well. So arranging those guests and the logistics around that can be a little tricky, but we find that eight's kind of that magic number that we can handle and that guests can handle as well. 
Yeah, so I was on one last That's season. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That was a great one. I think it was the best. Of <laughs> the sorry, season. that was the, the best longest. One. <laughs> no, because it wasn't Jacob's. Oh, no, second longest. Jacob, second like, longest. Yeah. Jacob held out like an extra like 30 seconds. He in just order hummed to, a tune for about five minutes. To, uh, <laughs> I was actually really angry about in that episode. Yeah, I like, come on. I, I had said something and whatever. But, um, how, you know, how do you go about selecting your guests? Um, it kind of goes... We either start with a topic and then ask if anyone wants to do it, and usually there's crickets, or we uh, we, f- we find, you know, we, we ask friends, sometimes family, uh, who we either know, know knows a lot about a specific topic or we just feel like would be fun to have on, and then we decide afterwards. But there's, I don't know, there's no real, real process per se. Although now, I guess, in season three, we're actively seeking out, you know, folks that aren't more like a, um, acquaintances as opposed to kind of close family and friends just so it gives the the episode a different flavor yeah. I think yeah when we don't quite know them too too well so yeah that's an interesting element to interviews when you don't when you don't know the people yeah. too it's a lot I, I found that too with, within you know sometimes I'd end up you know seeing as KW is pretty mid-sized market interviewing people I know through my job and then I tried to get away from that as much as mm-hmm. I could and then you get into interviewing people you might know them but don't know them well and it, it I know, yeah, you're probably fine too. It, it sometimes makes for a lot of a, a fun, a fun yeah, to yeah, exploring. It's more interesting. Yeah. And, I, and I think, like, kind of, you know, no matter what level of podcast you're at, if it's like a famous celebrity or if it's, you know, us who aren't quite famous celebrities yet. Um, but I think, I think even they kind of like use their network a little bit and reach out to like friends, close friends who are also celebrities. And that's kind of how you have to start. But then I think, you know, we kind of branch out a little more and like something like, even being on this show right now is something we probably never thought we would do um, when we sat down and recorded that first podcast on, you know, Angel's Deck you know, three years ago. So, yeah. You guys have a, a sponsor, I think, this year, kind of a patron. I forget <laughs> patron, the exact benefactor, word. Benefactor. Benefactor. Yeah, yeah. So I was listening and I heard it. I'm like, oh, there's something. Because I know last season that was kind of the quest. So, yeah, sh- yeah shout out to, uh, you know, to InFlight. Um, we're in a, we're in a, a studio right now um and, and there's, there's four times the mics in here so in flight we uh, maybe we could use four more mics i don't know we'll see uh yeah no uh previous guest uh, a really good friend of ours yeah. um anu he uh after a lot of badgering many many emails uh no he just he's a fan of the show and, and he you know he was nice enough to uh quote unquote sponsor us gave us a mic and stuff so which has improved the audio quality it has it, yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's an interesting sponsor too because they're their headquarters is in the is in the middle of Midtown. It is. Yes, it is. Yep. Yeah. It's like the, the the border. Yeah. yeah it's right is, there. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's kind of funky. Um, so on your notes there, what? Uh, okay. I I know a couple of things I wanted to talk about today. Okay. But what, what's what's today's topic even about? <laughs> I can tell. This, this podcast. Yeah. No, today's topic. Oh. Yeah. Am I? Am I? Oh, we just why, we I, just riff. Oh, yeah, I've heard. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm just riffing. I, oh, I saw yeah. something Unless, about education, so education that's kind of what I put. Well, the education one was it. as yeah. well. That, no, so that was that was the one. The, yeah, that was the one kind of question I was thinking okay, of. Cool. Yeah, perfect. Because you're, yeah. you're both you're both educators here in Waterloo Region. That's correct. Yeah. Um, so much of um, of the talk nowadays is around STEM or STEAM mm-hmm. education, right? So you've got. Um, that new development in Waterloo that has a big, like the the big steam part of it launch. Mm-hmm. You have all the programming at uh, the museum and other places around town. Um, how do you see that factoring into to your daily lives within a school? Right? Do you do you see like mm-hmm. uh, that coming into into the school itself? Do you see um, any kind of uh, you know we talk a lot about digital divide, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of people have access to computers or technology at home, and a lot don't. 
Um, and there's some bridges for that, but do you see that affecting um, the success of students? Sure, and I, well, I'll, I'll start, I guess. I know it's it's hard when there's two of us that you're directing questions at to figure out, but um, so Angel and I teach at sort of different levels. So I'm at the college level, um, Angel's at a uh, high school level. Um, and so I certainly I certainly see in college talking about that digital divide because the the students are so unique and they're so diverse um, at the college level. So I'm I'm seeing students who come in, they're 18, 19, and they are tech savvy. They've got it. They've got it covered. Um, and then I work with students who are coming in from you know working at you know a factory for 20 years. Factory closes down. They're back. Right. They're in their 50s. Right. They're trying to upgrade, and they have incredible difficulties sort of navigating the, the technology that's there. Um, but I, I definitely see technology, you know, being a huge part of the future of education um, for sure, um, and the role it's going to play. Um, is going to be massive, so I think it's I think it's kind of up to educators to embrace that as as we move forward. Yeah, kind of along the same line. So I mean, so I teach high school. I'm, I'm English. I teach English and history, and I know um, I know for me, like I've I've tried to embrace as as many. I think we used to call them Web 2.0 tools. Yeah. Like it's anything technology really at this point. If you're if you're a if you consider yourself a modern educator, you're using things like Google Classroom or the G Suite of products that they have. You know, you're encouraging your kids to do kind of exactly what we're doing right now, record a podcast to kind mm-hmm. of get your ideas out, you know, build websites, all of that stuff. And, you know, the majority of my coworkers and colleagues who I've, who I've worked with over the, over the years definitely also embrace technology. Um, and I think it goes without saying that it's very important. Um, and I'm looking at Murray's notes, and there's the, the second bullet point there that I see. No, no, uh, the big one. Oh, okay. Um, my genuine concern, I don't think I've ever been this concerned ever in my profession, is that we're actually maybe taking a couple of steps backwards um, with respect to, and I hate being political, but like, you know, legislation, um, just the overall tone of, of our new government and what what is considered, you know, for lack of a better term, right. Um, you know, it, it's interesting. I don't know if, if, if listeners are aware of this, but one of the few things that were mentioned on, you know, our, our, our new premier, Doug Ford's platform on education is actually the banning of cell phone use completely. Devices, 100%, just gone out of, a, out mm-hmm. of the classroom. Um, and and the, the main sort of reason why is that in his eyes, and, and some teachers would actually ble- uh, agree with this, is that it's an actual distraction, that things like cell phones, smartphones, detract from learning and they're actually detrimental um and you know when i remember telling my kids that in my civics class they were floored they're just like well we use cell phones all the time not always for educational purposes but like we use them to play um you know quiz games in class we use them to like quickly look up an answer uh during research and stuff like that so the the thought of not having chromebooks or or any other devices in a classroom like we're talking like going back 30 40 years man like like at that point what I mean books are great are we gonna crack open books then or like it just my worry is that that's I know that's uh, the extreme end but I don't know but it's it's to me it's always one of those questions around um, how do you teach the appropriate use of those that technology and I I wouldn't outright ban anything I wouldn't outright ban phones at work but Mm. you you know if, if I go to a meeting and you know four out of eight people are just on their phone, I could see that going, okay, well, you're, you're not looking up anything for this, right? You're 
you don't want to be here and that's fine mm-hmm. but it's it's kind of the thing the same thing i think goes for a classroom too right it's the if if it's a tool and i use my phone to look up stuff for work all the time correct yeah. it couldn't get my job done without it at this yeah. point but so the same thing goes for school right like you almost can't learn without kind of the access now and, and i think and speaking as a teacher i think that's where i think we can all improve is that we 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 spend so much time trying to figure out and really we do because not all of us are that tech savvy how things work and there's so many new tools that come out every week every month that we kind of forget that probably the most important thing is actually is as you just said alex like teaching kids how to how to do this responsibly use these tools responsibly um you know elicit the same response you know what i mean like the the type of behavior etiquette that we kind of expect as adults and really we're, we're sometimes our worst we we're bad at we're bad at, at um, kind of modeling that behavior too, right? So. Yeah, I don't I don't so much get mad at when someone calls me out on using my phone as more I'm mad at myself, mm. right? Because you just get yeah. lost, right? Yeah, and I'm just like, there's times where like I'll I'll be somewhere I know I shouldn't be looking at my phone, and I end up looking at it, and I, like I'm critical of people who do it too, but something just happens, an email or something, right? You're just like scrolling, 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 and then someone's like, hey, yeah, yeah, your your kids getting eaten by a shark, you're like. Oh, so, so if your response isn't, uh, so you're mad at yourself, but then, um, like, is your capacity to, like, kind of gloss that over or, like, you know, not notice that someone's on their phone or ignoring you? Like, is it, are you, I'm curious. Like, I mean, I, I, I feel like I get ignored by half my class every day and I have to repeat myself, but I'm not hurt by it anymore. Like, I'm not, like. I'm always kind of, like, it's not that, I, yeah, it's not, I'm not hurt by it now either. It's more of just, like, a. Do you go the extreme? Like we've, um, we have family coming up um, this year to visit, and we've my wife and I have talked about like putting their their addicts on their phones, and we've talked about putting a bowl at the dining room table, and like if people when we have dinner, yeah, put it in. Like we just come on, we can make it through this without looking. And it's not for us, yeah, right? Yeah. It's for them. Like my wife and I are pretty good about you know phone stays in the kitchen. We rarely look at it, you know that kind of thing. But I've I've heard a lot of like the recent things affecting education in the recent, well, th- like three days uh, from, yes. you know, the $100 million of uh, the Greenhouse Gas Reduction Fund that's going to result in a couple million dollars in Waterloo Region schools not getting uh, upgrades and obviously the sex ed curriculum. I hadn't actually heard the cell phone one. It would be one thing actually that, you know, as a non-educator, you know, I get driven crazy when I, you know, I coach a lot of youth sports and, and I, um, I see, like, it's one thing that's consciously on my mind a lot is seeing um, kids and adults and and everyone in between being really addicted oh. and it's and that would be you know outright banning is obviously maybe uh, a, one of those heavy-handed kind of political yeah. things people do but you know not to divert the conversation too much away from that specific you know um, idea of outright banning but I think we do have to learn a lot more about maybe school would be a good time when they're going to be looking at their phones as soon as they get home, and a lot of them will be on a screen for every minute that they're not at school. Maybe while at school, give them that time to to get you know get a break of looking at a screen, and yeah. then learn all about those sco- social skills that we you know here are so important. It's it's uh, you know it's it's I guess kind of interesting to hear from from your perspective in in, in classroom because I've talked to older teachers who said like. He said, 10 years ago, if I was five minutes late for a bell, he's like, I'd be worried about getting over to my class and them being like starting stuff on fire. He's like, I walk into my class now five minutes late. He's like, I don't care. I know they're just going to be sitting there. 
like on yeah. their phone and you know that's I guess good for him. He can be a couple minutes late, but concerning as well. That right? definitely depends on the glass. Some 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 glasses I've been able to yeah. still light stuff on fire. Maybe they light their phones on fire. I don't yeah. know, but something's gonna burn. Or there's but an that's app a good point. on their phone yeah. that allows them yeah. to light things on fire. It's like the yeah. fireplace channel. Yeah, just all watching it. Connected yeah. fire starter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's uh, I was because my my eldest daughter is entering grade four, next year, and so same thing. It has access to G Suite, um, which was shocking because they got it this year in grade three. Oh right, God. so they yeah. get and she comes home. She's like, "I have email now." I'm like, "Wait, Whoa. I don't, no, not <laughs> really." And then not just email, but like the full suite of of things. Yeah. And they they make presentations. And yeah. her, yep. I mean, your thoughts aside on the effectiveness of power of PowerPoint or slides, but she's making them. Yeah, and I'm like, this is pretty impressive. Like you're making, you're trying to convey cool. thoughts to people. Um, but the weird thing is getting emails from her. <laughs> Right, because like, and it's like in the middle of the day, and like they'll come in, and it's like you know, and she's sharing like stories she's written, so she's writing out stories in in a Google Doc and adorable. sharing them with other kids in her class, and like it was to me because I'm I'm a nerd on this on this stuff, and the first thing is like she's shared it with edit permission for everybody. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa! You gotta share that with like view only. Like you don't want people yeah. making changes. And she's like, yeah. what? But did like she, she didn't know how, she didn't know what you meant. She didn't or? know what I meant. Oh. And I'm like, and I was like. You've, you've been given this power of, of G Suite. Uh, shout out to Google. Um, and then, but you're not given that kind of instruction on like, hey, if you're going to share stuff, like here's a level to do it in. Yeah. Um, so, and that's that kind of, you know, you you talk about the importance of, you know, or the the possible negative effects of, of the change in curriculum. This is kind of one of those things. How do you how do you learn what to share and what not to share? Um, and it, this is a consent thing for me too, which is like you're giving consent to people. Yeah. And that's and that's that's tough, yeah. Because I think and that's if if things are kind of it's it's kind of like anything, right? Technology or you know drugs or if you just you know say these things are outright banned, well then you know we start getting a lot of misinformation out there, whether it's technology or drug use or sex or whatever it is. Um, but if you kind of encourage responsible use of these things and you allow teachers to have you know, good quality discussions about the appropriate use of tech, the appropriate use of whatever it is. I think I think students, you know, are going to get a better idea of how to use these things appropriately. Yeah. Um, and it, it goes with anything, right? Banning and prohibition of anything never works, right? We know that, right? People are still going to use it. They're still going to do it. Um, and they're probably going to use or do these things dangerously. Um, so having responsible, giving, giving kids some credit because they're pretty smart, um, um, from my experience, from, from what I've seen, um, giving them some credit and saying, yeah, these things exist. Um, there's good sides to them. There's some really useful things we can do with it, but there's also some dangerous aspects to basically anything that we're, that we're going to be using. So having that conversation, I think is pretty, pretty important. Yeah. The, um, the, the part that I always find interesting. So my, they're, they're in dance too. And a lot of the older kids have cell phones for sure. Uh, yeah. and I don't know what age I would give a cell phone to my kids and they're they're too young now like but to see like this big group of like young people on their phones mm-hmm. sharing pictures posting um and I, my big worry for that is anybody is do they understand the the implications of what they're doing and what mm-hmm. they're sharing and I, I i don't think they do right and it's what i try to teach um my kids is like you know you have the right not to have your photo taken right so if you're somewhere and someone starts taking pictures you can you can say, "Hey, like, no, I don't, I don't want to be in this," and I do that all the time because I don't want to be sure. posted places. And it's, um, I, I wonder how do you see that in schools, right? Do you see a lot of sharing from campus? 
or do you see a lot of off off school activities? Does that affect kind of classroom behavior or like kind of peer circles? I don't know. Is that a thing? Is that a term? I sound like old now. <laughs> How are the peer groups doing? Peer social yeah. Group? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't. Okay, like I mean, I have certain expectations, uh, you know, within my own classroom about responsible use. Like I, I get more, I get more upset and disappointed when kids are on their devices and they interrupt each other. Like I, I'm, I've already kind of resigned myself to the fact that about a third, two thirds of the class, well, that's not a bad day. We'll just kind of ignore my initial instructions or whatever, right? But say there's a presentation and kids are delivering a speech, you know, a speech that they've been up all night practicing and are anxious about, and there's two kids in the back playing Pokemon. Like, I mean, your, your turn's gonna be up pretty soon. Like, the least you could do is show this person mm-hmm. some, some respect. And I've actually told students flat out, and I've had kids take me up on it, but I said, if you know you can't get up, not be on your device for the next five minutes for this person's speech, please go for a walk. And I've had kids quietly pick up their stuff and go for a walk. Which yeah. shows, a, you know, some, you know, a level of self-regulation, I guess, right? But also, like, come on, man, five minutes. Like, yeah. you, can't, you can't sit and listen to this person talk about, you know, their favorite moment in their life or whatever. And, like, that's not important to you and it, whatever. So, and I find that really interesting, too, that, you know, on the one hand, I guess it's sort of a self-regulation, but also, too, that, like, maybe they just, maybe they just don't care. There's a lack yeah. of empathy there, that, mm-hmm. that their device, their their pokemon game is more important than you know listening to somebody talk right i don't know it's i don't know i've I've like spoken in front of you know like done like emceeing things before and like do like that a fair bit and it's such a bizarre feeling like talking to a group a large group of people which you talk to groups of people every day in your job and like looking and then just not seeing eye contact and look people down like doing it like when i'm you know emceeing or whatever and you do that it's such like a weird feeling when you're like i guess it's like a little bit i don't know like shocking you're like you're wondering like am i doing a terrible job right Right. now like what's going on like is this am i boring am i like not as funny as i think i am (laughs) and then you look around you see like people are listening people are smiling people are laughing and you just but then you just see the heads down and you're like like it it just kind of shocks you for a second you got to think like oh maybe i'm doing a terrible job right now and it's 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 a crappy feeling. It really is, right? It's it's not a lot of. But fun. when their phones are up and their and their video, like, then, that you means, then you know. Then you're, you're on. You're then awesome. you're on. That's a good sign. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. phones up is good. Yeah. Yeah. Phones yeah. down, bad. Okay. Anime, can you go viral? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, what else do you have on your list there? I'm 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 curious here now. Sure. Yeah. So I I got a few few headings there. So the one was like kind of educational directions, and the big one was was technology um, that was on there, and then the the one second bolded point was just Ford. Uh, right. So, just and, and, and like Jeff mentioned, just sort of yeah, yeah, exactly. Just the over the last three or four days, there's been a lot of uh, I guess direction from the top, um, whether it be sort of the the sex ed, which was already mentioned, the school repairs, um, but the other one that Angel and I were were talking about on the way over was the was the cancellation of the the TRC curriculum um, development mm-hmm. um, sessions that were supposed to be held. Uh, this I think it was this week, right? They yep. were, yeah. They were, yeah. They were, they were kind of canceled last minute. Um, so that was that was kind of the other big point that we had on here, which Angel and I both agreed were was a pretty drastic and uh, terrible and uh, short-sighted move, I think, by by the Ford government. Yeah. Well, here I'll, like, I I want to actually spin this a little bit different. Sure. 
Um, but on that same kind of topic. And so the, the thing that I find um, kind of not interesting is not the right word, but slightly frightening is this really interesting like um, like flip in the way that governments and civilizations are kind of moving at this point, right? So mm-hmm. you've got in the States, it was almost like this, anything that the previous administration did was bad, we're going to go back. In the UK, uh, EU's bad, we're leaving, we're going to overturn everything. Um, do you see like that potential at the municipal level? Oh, right. Like wow. that's a crazy thing. Like what? Yeah. Let's wow. say that. That's um, a great question. Let's say that somebody anti LRT became chair of the region. What would happen? Rip it up. Rip it up. <laughs> it's a. It's a scary. Like I, it's a. It's a. Could there be it, like a local level populist movement? It's interesting because like water. That's, that's a, like that's a great know. question. That's weird. Um, because I, yeah, I find that people people are seem to be more willing to pay municipal taxes than they are federal provincial taxes. Um, and I don't know if it's you know a instance of like oh well that's gonna like directly affect like where I live my town. Right. Um, and so, you know, when property taxes go up in Waterloo and, and, and Kitchener, I, like, I don't hear as much, um, you know, negative comments about it as I do when, you know, someone says they're ra- raising taxes in the province or they're raising taxes in, in Canada. I feel like there's a lot more negative feedback to that and a lot more pushback. Um, and maybe it is because they're just going to, you know, I feel like people are going to see the results more and it's more local. And they're like, yeah, I'm going to use that every day. Um, whereas the province, I don't think they have that connection of yeah. what, what the province or the federal government actually do. Well, it, uh, it, you had a tweet today that actually kind of spurred this oh. on for me. Yeah. Oh, the, the, the number of uh, ridings that yeah. are going uncontested? 13 yeah. out of... 25. 25. Right now... In Waterloo? In Cambridge, there's okay. 13 ridings where one, one candidate's running. Wow. Okay. And there's two wow. weeks before the deadline for people to, to apply. Submit, so, yeah. you know, obviously maybe there's going to be some people... Or who are just waiting or whatever to, to mm. announce, but I mean, yeah, that's that was a pretty alarming, alarming uh, thing for myself to find out this morning. And yeah. are they all incumbents? These most of them. Yeah, most okay. of them are. So I would say there's to... some that aren't. But there's uh, the one like um, ten, I think, were ten, where Sarah Marsh in Kitchener, she hasn't announced if she's running. I think so there's Sarah only Marsh one is guy. In. I think she has put it down. Yeah, I wish I could. I know the ward that I'm in, um, and I'm. I think I think it's Ward Seven, but it's uh, Bill Ioannidis. He's running yeah, uncontested. Um, Zig uh, Janecki's yeah. running mm-hmm. uncontested. Scott Davy in Cambridge. It's. I think there's eight ridings. I think only two are being contested at this point wow. in time. There's six ridings that are right now being uncontested like, in. And I'm in Ward Nine, the best ward. <laughs> Fair enough. So yep. you guys, yep. we only, I think we only have one candidate right now. As well, um, Ward Nine because it's Melissa uh, Bowman. Yeah, and Frank is out. Frank's right? out, right? Yeah, right, yeah. So it's a, it's a it's a interesting time. You put those two things together, yeah. like this kind of almost acceptance well, of like reversal of. Uh, well, and if and you're right, if you listen to the throne and, speech yesterday, it was it was basically a good chunk of it was devoted to reversing what the liberals had done for the past you know ten years or however long it's been. So you're 100 percent right on that. Yeah. I my theory about why we're seeing such low um, candidacy rate, if that's the right way to say mm-hmm. it, so few people putting their putting their name forward, I think mm-hmm. is because a lot of people are campaigned in 
they're done. They, the, the, the Ontario election was so long and drawn out and so kind of ugly and politics has pretty been pretty ugly that people are saying they just saw what they went through. They're saying no thanks because it's stacked pretty close to each other. You, f- you finish one, there's the throne speech, so this week, and then there's the two-week kind of call for, okay, get your get your names in. I think a lot of people are, are having that, that exhaustion of just they don't like what they've seen in that last campaign and they just don't want to get into it. And it's, it's interesting it. too, too, though, yeah. but they've shortened the time, the window to run or to file to run, and they've shortened the actual campaign time too. So it kind of like yeah. should be a more positive. The theory that, or the, what I heard from the people who are, are involved in this, like the city clerks and said, it was just an unreasonably long time. Cause you, you've had since, I want to say. Um, beginning of May, maybe? Beginning, I thought it was a little bit, I thought it was more like, I thought it was earlier than that, but it used to be like a nine month yeah. time to, to register. And then they shortened it just because they thought like, well, it's just ridiculous. So yeah, I, I don't know what effect that had to play, but you know, certainly potentially like there is a- have, um, have any of you thought about running? Not not necessarily this year, but like at some point. Uh, the short answer to that question is yes for me, okay. but I, I just wanted to, adjust. I think your, your question about would there ever be, or could there ever be like a populist wave in ward nine or ward yeah. 11 or something? My answer to that is, yeah, of, of course there could be. I think I think with enough presence, with the with, I don't even want to call it the right message, but but the message that resonates the most with those people in that ward for sure. I mean, when you think about populist movements, it's it's basically like another form of isolationism, right? Like they're they're trying they're trying to they're they're highlighting or selecting a certain segment of the population, whatever for right or for wrong, and then trying to insulate that. And then that message resonates with that group, right? Like, and I'm not, I'm not saying Ward Nine's like that. Whatever, it's a very, it's a very uh, divert, and like a lot of wards are, obviously, yeah. right? Um, I, I'll say this though, however, that maybe the one thing that would mitigate that sort of like populist movement in any ward is the fact that, well, one, Waterloo Region is is pretty unique. Like, uh, as far as I know, Ken Sealing is stepping down. Yeah. To me, the most popular, not popular the most powerful person in this entire region, right? Yeah, like in, absolutely. In, in a lot of ways. And there seems to be, I think there's more than a few people running for that. Yes, yeah. there's three, there's three yeah. candidates. And so if you're a ward, you're kind of, I mean, do you do you view yourself as as powerful or as important as a Ken Sealing? I don't know, right? Like your 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 decision, yeah, you, you serve a constituency, but in a lot of ways, like there's some, there's a lot of things that are decided upon, discussed that are above your head because they're at the regional level, right? So um, that's the one thing that, you know, my worry would be like if if a populist leader, I don't know if it'll ever happen, in Waterloo Region runs for the regional chair and then all of a sudden we become this like, I don't know, yeah. weird state. What, <laughs> like it does state. it does kind of seem like more, most of the, more of the people who run for the municipal level, I think like you, you kind of talked about that a little bit is that when you actually see the money being spent directly, people are more willing to vote for people who um, are are wanting to do good things for your community because you can actually see it. So the more people, more people who run municipally, um, are more community driven people and more people who want to see you know nice stuff. They want to see some bike lanes in there and on their streets. They want to see a nice community garden, nice community park. Because yeah, exactly, it's closer to you. You can see it. Those are the type of people who run. If you were to run on the idea of I'm just going to keep your property values low and we're not going to get anything. Yeah. Yeah. We're just going <laughs> to no be austere. Exactly. Yeah. That, like, yeah. Then all of a sudden people will be like, wow, like, 
who's this guy? You know, it, that, that's, no, I think, the one thing. I think thing that's that, a huge barrier. Yeah, yeah. you're 100% right. Yeah. You want to see a return on your investment. Yeah, right. for sure. Yeah. And, and you see it better at the local level, right? You see it and yeah. you use it more often, right? A lot of the programs that the province want, runs or the, the federal government runs, a lot of people don't don't use them. They're necessary, 100% necessary, but a lot of people don't actually see them on their day-to-day, whereas you go to a park every, you know, every day, right? You see bike lanes, right? You see transit. Um, you know, you see all these important things that, you know, in your local community that you're like, yeah, you know what, I'm willing to spend money on that yeah. um, because I do use it. Sorry. Uh, I'll also say, too, that, like, Waterloo Region, and I, I haven't lived in another place long enough to, to really get a sense of this, but... Um, Community groups in our region are awesome. Like neighborhood groups, associations yeah. do so much that that um, I'm not saying that wards are uh, or counters are rendered, you know, kind of obsolete. But like a lot of a lot of grassroots stuff happens because of you know the the charity and and volunteerism of yep. of just the everyday kind of neighbor, right? So um, and and which kind of makes wards, relatively speaking good places to be like it's comfortable right like for a lot of us i think or a lot of folks i should say yeah the uh the, the prediction that i had this year was th- and social media is the kind of thing it is a bit of an echo chamber depending on who you follow but i just i kind of have this sense that um active transit um advocates are going to make a lot of impact in who wins elections yeah. if people actually run but like and i you know i joke about like the cycling lobby but i mean mm-hmm. they're they're there's a lot of problems with infrastructure in terms of cycling and pedestrian access and the prioritization of cars at the expense of people safely getting um, somewhere by foot or by, mm-hmm. by yep. um, bicycle. It's kind of, it's, it's a big issue now. So what kind of, do you have, do you have thoughts on that or experience with that or kind of where, where do you stand? If, if I can with, with, um, particular with the the cycling because we do hear a lot and maybe against the echo chamber thing but with local news there's a lot of uh there's a lot of cycling I, and i always you know do those one of those prefaces like that i you know cycle quite frequently i would consider myself a cyclist but i think a lot of the uh the very like vocal advocacy might be also having a very negative effect too for people mm-hmm. like myself who don't really um see aren't is in that community as well and i talk to a lot of people who are like i ride bikes but like they're just like it's really negative um really negatively focused i think uh style of advocating and then i think a lot of people end up being like getting like oh they're just whining again they're whining again and and here we go so like i I see a lot of pushback from people who aren't quite you know what you would call in the advocacy group who are like on side with with bike lanes and on side with cycling who are being like okay i've heard enough already and i and i am kind of sick of hearing this all the time so that's and i and i've tried to bring that up with different people i i communicate with who would be in in the inside of that group but i don't think i'm ever quite it kind of sounds rude when I bring it up, so I always kind of a little bit kind of go around the outside when I'm, when I'm talking about it. But that's what I think you, you might not be surprised to see a little bit of that as well. So. Yeah, yeah, and I think that you're right. There's, there's definitely pushback to kind of every every movement. And I'll, I'll preface myself with I'm not a cycler. Um, I, I have a bike, but it's been in the shed for two years. Um, but I am 100% for uh, making the city more accessible for pedestrians and 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 and, and uh, cyclists and and the big thing for me is a lot of people I, I find that are against cycling and you know they're like oh they're, they're whiners and they're complaining is that they don't they don't recognize that power and balance that's on the road 
right? A lot of the big thing I hear is cyclists should just be obey the rules of the road, right? But there's a big difference being in, you know, a three-ton car and, you know, on your bike, right? In terms of, you know, in terms of safety and the power that you have when you're, when you're on the road. So, yeah, I think there needs to be, you know, you know, different, different rules for cyclists um, that keep them safe um, and separated bike lanes and, and, and all those things because that, you know, the, the, the power imbalance between driving a car and being on a bike is massive. Um, so having the same rules, it's just, it's not going to work. And I, and I think it took me, you know, it took me about five minutes to sum up my point last time. But I think the, I think what I was trying to get across is that people are frustrated with the, the way they're trying to get the point across, yeah. not the tra- point they're trying to get across. Definitely Absolutely. a lot of people are on side. But then it's just the way maybe it's being done that is getting well, a little bit of attention. Yeah, and I mean, I, there, there's a couple of people that I've I've unfollowed on Twitter. So I'm yeah. just like, for real, I sure. can't yeah. I can't take it anymore. Yeah. But, and the same as you though, like I don't I'm not a cyclist. I, I walk a lot, run, yeah. and I walk, I run, I run, I walk, and I drive, and I, yeah. I'm like 80 yeah. percent drive. I was um, raised in like a driving house. But I, but I, you know you what? When I, when I drive, I have friends who are cyclists. I, I give proper distance yeah, and I yeah, let them take sure. the lane and all yep. the things you should do as a driver. Because again, like you said, they're they're much more vulnerable than than we are in a car. Yeah. Um, but I, I think too the, you know the the uptown Waterloo bike lanes opened and mm-hmm. there's been a lot of issues now. Even this morning garbage. there was a photo. Yeah, the garbage <laughs> in the bike lane. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think there's a part where you have to go. There is so much pent up frustration. Yeah. Yes. And so, you know, you kind of look at it as, you know, they're just being whiny. But yeah, you know what? But this is like a daily occurrence where, yep. you know, I get stuck in 401 traffic three times a year. The three times I try to drive to Toronto and then quit. Um, so it's like frustrating, but like not super frustrating. But if you did that every day, I can imagine the 401 is the most important thing to you. Absolutely. And yep. fixing That's it. That's a great point. Yep. Or making it a yep. park and not. Which, what, I mean, we're all, I think, looking around the room here, we're all probably close in age. Um, and I don't Thanks. remember, I don't remember, <laughs> I don't remember anything um, on the driver's, on the driver's ed course and the tests and the book, right? Was, was there a lot about how to, how to handle cyclists? Cause I don't recall a lot. And I'm just, has that changed? Like, does anyone know? Is oh, there, that's a good question. Like, is there anything about like, all right, this is what happens, you know, when a cyclist, this is how much space you give them. This is, you know, kind of what, what yeah. to expect. I don't know. I don't know if there is. I mean, I I, I grew up somewhere different, so there was a different um, system, sure. different system. But yeah. but even just like knowing like the the I'm doing that hand signal. Yeah, this podcast, I got that. You actually, got it. that question wrong. That was the only one I got you wrong. You know, it's funny. I, I don't. I just L know. makes L for left. Oh, no, that's, that's what really? I thought. That's right what I thought. Yeah. Oh, I'm just like, they're going to turn, on, so I'm man. just going to slow down yeah. and let them turn yeah. whatever yeah. way they're turning. I think they're advocating even for now for just point with e- either hand. Yeah, yeah and I see that a lot. Because I see yeah. the kids. I Yeah, I saw it. But the yeah. thing is, we don't know, like, we no one kind of knows what that means, right? Like, because it's not formally, like, it's not. A bunch of cycling the, friends yeah. of mine are going to be really angry when they hear that. And I'm just like, well, listen, I like, I, I, can't yeah, take, yeah. I can look up. Wikipedia stuff all the time. But I, I think there can be a lot more education around it and a lot more like awareness campaigns because right now I don't think a lot of people like understand it. I know like there was a huge push with the with roundabouts, right? There was commercials yeah. on TV, mm-hmm. uh, how to navigate. There was them, a rap right? song. There I was think. a roundabout dance. That's yeah. right. There's there's a rap yeah, song and all kinds of songs, right? So something like that. Like, can we get 
like a public awareness campaign out there or but something. It's, but it's, I think this is like, it, it, school ended, as you know, since you're doing yeah. your podcast. Yeah. And all the commercials go on and the social media posts. Hey, school's out, everybody, so drive. Remember to drive safe. I'm like, drive safe all, all year the round. Like, yeah. the, there's ki- the kids don't, like, disappear. Like, they're not in a boarding school in the Swiss Alps. And they suddenly returned home to inconvenience my wife and I. Like, they're at home all the time. So... Like it's it's that and I where we live in Ward Nine, um, Park in Glasgow, is a death trap. Yes, and it is just the worst, yeah. and that is unfortunately yeah. the way to KCI and to King Edward. West and yeah. the number of times that I've been in the intersection and cars don't like dr- the it's not the car it's not Night Rider but the driver doesn't look the like both ways and it just goes. It's kind of shocking, right? So how do you how do you educate drivers? How do you get them to get? Well, the number of people you see using their cell phones still. Yeah, while driving, road, which yeah, is yeah, just on the road, insane. I, I'm, I'm, well, I'm going to answer this question by asking you guys a question. Um, it's funny. I, I, this also reminds me of another thing, uh, Alex. You, you were very vigilant about the uh, the new no left hand turn signals. Oh, I did a story and on like, that. There you because go. of his tweets, the bane of my existence. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's it's super frustrating, and yeah. I'm honking. I, and I, the amount of people that I've honked at and just pointed to that sign and then had the bird flipped at me. Yeah. So my question is, uh, and, and and if you've lived in other regions or cities, um, relatively speaking, how 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 quick and open to change do you think this region is relative to say a Guelph or like a, a London, which is a relatively the same size? I mean, we can't really compare ourselves to, to Toronto necessarily. As someone who's lived here nearly all my life, I find that some things are very, very, very slow to change. And and we're talking about important yeah. things like yeah. you know like I. The, the the kind of change that we would need here to really make um, Waterloo region accessible to everyone yeah is I I don't I, I don't want to say it's beyond us as a region but we're talking like closing streets to cars yes right like and that's a massive change but it's needed right like it's it's giving space back to people to actually meet and become like better citizens with each other I mean that's one of the main right. reasons for getting rid of some like I'm a big advocate of closing and we'll argue on this one, but King, like in, in Kitchener, from King from Victoria to, to Queen, or even and to Frederick. It just pedestrian, just yeah. pedestrian. You can't, it's one lane each way. You yeah. can barely drive down it. Yeah. Like, no yeah. business is like losing customers if those like 20 spots on that street are gone, yeah. right? Everyone works down here or, or takes the bus or takes transit. So make that a pedestrian walkway and imagine all those awesome connections during the day and at night. Um, the Just that ability to, you know, walk in different bars and restaurants yeah. and really yeah. enjoy yourself versus you know this like you know just black strip in the middle of town that does nothing and it's often like dead it's often dead yeah. too yeah. right so yeah, how do you how do you do but to say to people hey listen we're gonna we're gonna close off king permanently is a is a bit of a shock to people but if you did it in five years you would have this thriving space for retail and restaurants mm-hmm. Um, you know, where that was an article in the record of all the condos are going to bring 5,000 more people yep. here. You need more public space for 5,000 people. You can't just put them all in Victoria Park, <laughs> right? Like you've yeah. got to open it up to new areas and new avenues. Yeah, I think, uh, I think we essentially did go through situations where we had, you know, King Street, I guess it was more in Waterloo, where it was just closed, closed. for long stretches yeah. of times. And hey, yeah. It was uh, it was also unfortunate that you know a lot of things around it were also then right. closed, so you couldn't make it through. But hey, we've been through it. People got where they needed to go when 
large stretches of KW were closed, and that was even made worse again because, as I mentioned, it wasn't just that you know King Street was closed. It was all the other. It was other, other ones, and we yeah. still hey we still managed we to survived. make it around, and it wasn't yeah. fun. But we did it, and I think if it was a set thing, it's like, I don't take King, I sometimes forget I can take King between Kitchener and Waterloo, and like, I'll use other, I'll go to Weber or something, go around, because I've been used to doing it. Yeah, Yeah, it's like, that's the thing, Weber's meant for that. Weber's like, but that's just, and like King from Victoria the other way into Waterloo to um, to Union. Yeah. Yeah. Don't drive down that. No, that's, like that's, if you get stuck when those 40, lights turn red, lights. yeah, at least it's down there now? just yeah. it's yeah. an insane yeah. place we, to drive. Do we still do open streets? Is that still? Yeah, it's it's yeah. Right yeah. So I mean, there's an example, kind of like a little Someday. teaser, right? Yeah. What it would be like if you know when King is closed. But that's great. There's people out there on their bikes. They're walking around. They're drawing things on the street. And it's awesome. Well, that was, it was. It was. Uh, we were at Summer Lights yeah. a couple weeks ago, and like King Street's closed, and there's you know there's bands and food and all these kind of things and it reminded like I've, I've not traveled extensively but I've been to other places mm-hmm. and they have those huge pedestrian thoroughfares and like yeah. they've got buskers and all this kind of like you know Thursday night there's something happening and you can go out and, and enjoy yourself and meet people yep. and I saw that for like one brief moment yeah. and then <laughs> the next day gone. King's back to being you yeah. know back to being King King so you know it's it's a uh, maybe it's not our generation the next can it like close on? Mm-hmm. Can it like close on weekends or close after like a certain time? Where it's like if your car is on there, you can you can get it out. But you know what I mean. I don't know if that would work either. Yeah, I, I mean having I the cross gradual, keeping it's the cross gradual. Like, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. Gradual, gradual gradual is always best. I think so. Maybe that's a good start. And you brought up the point about comparing to other cities as well, which I think is tough to do because there's a lot of issues. Like, yeah. uh, and I and like London's the one city I know I, I kind of know uh, as well, and I kind of pay attention to because mm-hmm. you were talking a, a little bit about like council, and and I've always said like the councils and the mayors, and everything here makes like like my job like really easy, but also kind of really boring because there's like never controversies with yeah. anyone ever. With like you look at the mayors in London, and like they've had the I don't know if you remember the. Anne Marie DeSico Best and her husband got charged for like for some like fraud charges oh, and then wow. there was a sex scandal with the, the the mayor was had an affair with the deputy mayor like last year. And either way, they they have crazy things going on in London and they like they're looking to put in a, a bus rapid transit and they've been looking to do that forever and I don't think they're gonna do it. Like I, I see people running for their mayoral campaign based on the fact that they're not gonna do the the bus rapid transit, which like London is a city that could pretty easily benefit from oh gosh, yeah. that yeah. like the way it's and like other planning things they do like they just sprawl forever without any any yep. use like i live like my i grew up in the country outside of london and like it's amazing how much closer the city is to us now than when i was you know a, a young guy but like it, they don't it, they don't have any rules about that and and they're i think we but then you look at Guelph, and Guelph does some some things more progressive than we do. So I don't know. We're probably somewhere in the middle. But I think we do a fairly good job. I like to think we but. don't sprawl. I mean, even today, I was like, I was no, we don't there. sprawl. That's the yeah, one thing. I was in Laurel Creek today, um, and it's just shocking, right? Because you're th- there's nothing like there's no civilization yet. You're five minutes from Sobeys, right? So yeah. it's a uh, yeah. yeah. it's a weird it's a weird space. But like that's the whole Deline Festival coming yeah. up too. They really celebrate yeah. um, that we do that. So how yeah. do we keep that? Um, all right, so we're getting close to the uh, the end of our time here. Um, y- your podcast, yep. very music focused. That's correct. Um, yeah. So I kind of wanted to end this on on you know kind of what song signifies or, or, or <laughs> brings to mind Waterloo Region for you, or like being in Waterloo. 
Wow. Okay. That's, and it can't uh, be Abba Waterloo. Yeah. Or that. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking of other songs with Waterloo in it. I know, right? We can edit that's, out that's the pauses. Yeah, we're gonna have to. We're gonna, I wrote the long. The I, know, long I immediately pause. thought about going yeah. all, like going to Rangers game on Friday night, man, and just after Rangers score, singing the the, the goal song. Yeah. Oh, what's their? Oh, can we can we can we say like like Oktoberfest songs? It could be. Because yeah, it just did, right? Think, it could. Yeah, because I, 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 I like, too, that like from even when I was a kid, like I don't like I don't know how other many. Well, you went to grade school here, yeah. right? And like yeah. Miss Oktoberfest would always come to the gym, Lucky or like, you. like wow. yeah, yeah, and then, and then like Uncle Hans and Aunt Frida when they were still together, and then they got divorced, <laughs> I guess, for a little yeah. bit, and then now Andrew's back, I think. Yep. I don't know. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, there was there was like the chicken dance, right? Uh, Maybe was, the chicken dance. Big. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think that's off off the top of my head. I gotta go with that choice. Some some Oktoberfest tune. Some easy list. I don't know. Some easy listening tune, like a I don't know, like a James Taylor song. Oh, yeah. I, don't know. I just feel like yeah, it's kind yeah. of adult contemporary. Yeah, sunshine kind of, on yeah. my shoulders. Yeah, yeah, like, John yeah. Denver. John Denver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was just gonna say mine. Well, mine like, would be because like I was a, a, like being a, a my alma mater, being Laurier, Laurier, yeah. Golden Hawks. They play Country Roads, country roads yeah. all the time. Yeah, so I literally that's what yeah. came to my mind was Country I Roads. I did not know that. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I think I think, and I'm not sure on this. I'm gonna have to check me out, but I'm pretty sure the origins of it is that a lot of like when they started the football team, the what's what's oh I should know he his grandpa was or. Nichols, Nichols, which the one building's named after the Fred Nichols Campus Center. He's okay. from West Virginia, I believe, and he brought over oh. a lot of Virginian guys to coach the football team. So that Knight Newborough Stadium, I believe, those guys are from West Virginia, and then that's why that's where it started. Uh, I that believe, makes, from. That and then that's why. And then sense. now that it's all coming back to me now. And then the, the road <laughs> when you go into the stadium yeah. is Country Road, Country Road, yeah. whatever. Yeah. So that would be my song. That's, that's, that's that, I like that. Yeah. I like that. I didn't know that. So yeah. that's kind of a yeah, cool, yeah, like, yeah. little yeah. Virginia Waterloo connection. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, Maybe yeah, said, cool. I have Rocky Top Tennessee stuck in my head though, because that's <laughs> also Denver. That's lost me. That's the only. You don't know Rocky Top Tennessee? I, I would not probably know. Sing it. It. I would probably know it, but well, it's what the it uh, it's what the volunteers it. sing. It's what all the fans sing in the. My John Denver repertoire is pretty. Sunshine on my shoulders and country roads. Yeah, I like sunshine. I think that's yeah. Those are yeah, good. That's, yeah, yeah, let's go with those. Those are good. That's gonna be our Waterloo playlist. Just those two songs. The Rangers, yeah, yeah. the Rangers, and, the Rangers and you yeah. reciting the Rangers songs. Chicken dance, songs. yeah, the chicken and dance. It's and it, but it's interesting. Like we, you know, we have some good music here in town, but it's uh, yeah. it's it's trying to figure out who our breakout's gonna be. Who's who's our biggest band? Helix. It's the Helix, yeah, Helix. Kitchener. Wait, 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 were they from here? Yeah. Kitchener. Yeah, I thought yeah, they were yeah. from. Uh, yeah. At least two of them were. Everyone yeah. who grew up here has like an uncle who played guitar and he's from like Palmerston, but maybe there was some friends. Yeah. 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 The, the weirdest thing because I because Bob Egan works at yes, the Kitchener yeah. Library, we and so I was on. Yeah. I had some playlists coming up on on Spotify, and it was a it was a Blue Rodeo song, yeah. and um, and on the cover is Bob Egan, right? I'm just like, he works at the library and he's on Spotify. <laughs> this yeah. is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like, so so there's your well, yeah. and one of the one of the guitarists from Teenage Fan Club too, which is a great. Great band lives in Kitchener yeah. as well. Um, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think his I think his partner is from was from Kitchener. I'm not He's sure how they met. But yeah, 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 yeah. So it's true. Yeah. So they retire here. Yes, yeah, so this just, is this yeah. is where you come to. They can form a super relax. Kitchener a, retirement a super group. group. Yeah. Okay, actually. Yeah. Interesting. Well, thanks uh, all of you for coming. Thanks on for having us. The show yeah, today. Thanks, man. 
It's going to be good. I'm going to yeah. edit, add some drops. Cool. It'll be good. <laughs> Hopefully it's going to be yours. So we'll have all the links uh, to all the other podcasts on here. So Devil Cut Podcast um, nice, on Twitter you. is at Devil's Cut Pod. That's right. Um, we'll have the links to uh, the SoundCloud. You're link. heading uh, uh, at Midtown KW's uh, little summit tonight? I, I can't go. Oh, man. I know. I feel uh, like it, this is like the NATO summit of <laughs> <laughs> Kitchener Midtown. And, uh, you know, I really want to get some of those other Midtown people paying their fair share <laughs> for the defense of That's Midtown. True. Yep. I will pay 2% of the bill, there my bill. Oh. Actually, okay, <laughs> before we go, real question. Okay. Um, where does Midtown end and begin? Jeez, your, so just your opinion. Just this, my opinion. It's, this okay. is your opinion. So for me, Midtown goes – so if we're going along King Street, um, we're going to go King and Vic in Kitchener, and then we're going to head down to King and Union in Waterloo. Mm-hmm. And then the depths are a little bit trickier. That's right, yeah. The, yeah. the depths of it are a little bit trickier. So I would say um, probably Belmont Village is within Midtown. And then it goes, let's say, to Weber. Let's do that. Oh, okay. you'll go all the way yeah. that, that wow. far, eh? Yeah. Okay. Wow. You're going to go that far. Okay. I might not go as far as Weber. I feel like there's a – there's. Uh, wait, where's Wellington relative to that? Am I even thinking the right no, spot? Wellington no, doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, Weber's perpendicular. Far, man. Yeah. yeah. There's not any other really good ones that would cut it off. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. Like, there's not a lot of cross there. streets, right? Yeah. But I'm, I'm happy with the ending kind of, you know. Belmont Villages, but yeah, the other the other direction that that other depth, uh, the Y plane or what is that? I, I it's yeah, it's more wide open. Yeah. Uh, but not, I was yeah. just trying to think of a sure. major street, and I, I think, think you know Weaver's probably. I'm happy to know I live a little closer than I live like. Glasgow out towards like Westmount, okay. like oh no, not towards Westmount, Fisher Hall, like the yeah. other side, yeah. the other side, not in that like, not in that little that not nice strip. Nice but no, I'm not, uh, <laughs> not, not a the traffic calm no, nice no, area. No. Yeah, I'm yeah. on the other side of, uh, of Fisher Hallman, so I'm like, yeah, I'm like a three minute bike ride away. If you guys are claiming Belmont Village, which sounds a little I'm, aggressive, I'm claiming it because they might. What if what if they are like, are they are they like a. A nation within a state. They are, yeah, they're a nation. Yeah, they are. They're a distinct society. Yes. Yeah, they are. Yeah, because yeah. that's because yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll give you the right answer. Um, okay. Uh-huh. And because <laughs> uh, you're all wrong, the right answer. Yeah. And this might be debated tonight at the thing. I'll I'll send. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll out the maps. I'll send Midtown KW my my response for this. Um, it's uh, it's Wellington. Okay. To Allen. Hmm. Hmm. Wellington to Allen, and then Margaret. To the alley wow. behind oh, okay. Casa Rigatino. To the alley behind Casa Rigatino. Okay, so that Belmont Village is in there. Belmont then. Village yeah. is included, yeah. all the way to Bright Up uh, Park, Bright right. Up Pool. Okay. Not park, but the, the community so, center. And it's, wow. I think it's important you include the Allen because then if it's Midtown KW, you need to include a little more of a slice of Waterloo. Yeah. Because if you stop yeah. at Union, you're not getting any. You're not getting any. Because Vincenzo's, that's why I stop at Allen. Because Vincenzo's is in Waterloo. But it's basically this sounds the more border. like the. Uh, I should know this. I was a well, you used uh, you're a history teacher as well, so you should well maybe know this. But this sounds more like where you're dividing up Europe. Is that was that the Potsdam? Uh, <laughs> you're now, right? yeah, yeah, you're now leaving the yeah. Midtown Center. Yeah, yeah. you're sitting up there, and then you're like, no, okay, like you take. Yeah, we're gonna roll out some maps tonight. I'm gonna have a knife. I'm just gonna. Just jam it into the table. <laughs> Someone like FaceTime me into this. Yeah. Yeah. Should. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, absolutely. Cool. Thanks again for coming. Uh, we'll have Thanks all the links. Thanks a lot for having us. This Thanks, was super fun. And we'll uh, we'll see you on this podcast thing later. Sweet. Great. Thank you. Thanks, Alex. So we're back. So again, uh, I'll put the links for the Devil's Cup podcast in the bottom. That's okay. available on you know SoundCloud and iTunes and all that other. But now they're back to stuff. school, right? 
Uh, yeah, I think they have one uh, more episode okay. uh, coming out. But, okay, good. Uh, it's good. That's yeah. nice. I'm go. glad we. Uh, I'm glad we had them in. Um, and so this is the part of our Why Waterloo broadcast where we take a look at events that are coming up in the community. Uh, do you want to get us started, or should I? I will. I will. Okay. Uh, so uh, coming up at the end of November uh, is an event called Block Party. Uh, it's put on by Extended Family Waterloo Region, uh, so it's their big charitable event for the year. It's pretty cool. They basically are taking over Catalyst 137 uh, down in Belmont Village, where different areas of the building are going to represent different neighborhoods of Kitchener-Waterloo. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. So Date you, and time, Alex. So um, <laughs> I believe it's November 24th, and now I'm like double-checking uh, to make sure that it is... Uh, You'd think I'd know this. You would think you would know it because... Well, I know when the, what the thing I'm going to talk about well, is happening. Well, but, like, that, that was is, a whole other... It is a whole thing. other one. Uh, wait, uh, no, 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 just give me... Yeah, November 24th, <laughs> uh, 8 to midnight, Catalyst 137. Uh, it's going to be good. they got DJ Flash. they got some street eats from Graffiti Market. Yum. Um, they've got Descendants, Bittichon, uh Red Circle, and a Cidery they just got announced. Um, each ticket includes a $25 charitable tax receipt, so it's not even a bad deal either. Now, uh, what's really cool, though, is that coming up in relation to this, uh, November 6th to the 8th, they're having a flash sale on tickets for Block Party. Uh, so they're 100 bucks each. It's a charitable event. Yeah. Um, but it's buy one, get one uh, half off. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so November 6th to 8th. Uh, I'll have the link in the bottom, but it's uh, bettertogetherevents.ca. Um, then a little bit later... Uh, on November 6th at the Kitchener Farmer's Market, the City of Kitchener's downtown team is having an open public, I guess open public's the kind of same thing, but a public consultation uh, on the future of King Street East. And that's uh, that's a important stretch of town. That's the other the other end. Because yeah. King Street West, yeah. it's, it's looking good, right? It's, you got that cool underpass yeah. under, like the train goes over, like that's King West. I guess, uh, yeah, that is King, King West. West. Uh, South, yeah, yeah, no, that would be West. Yeah, that's King West. Yeah. And then East cool. is that, like, East South is, part. It's the farmer's market, it right? Is, so yeah. what does is, what is Kitchener look like and what's going to happen uh, down there? When so is that event again? That is November 6th at the farmer's market. And uh, last but not least, on November 9th, also at Catalyst 137, is the Arts Pay Annual Member Show and Sale. So it's a great chance to get out and get some art for your house. From sounds, local artists. That's a great one. Um, I have a couple, too. So uh, one of the uh, local groups that uh, Communitech is happy to sponsor is Zonta. And they are a women's group, and they do a film festival every year. So the Zonta Film Festival, starting November 8th, it's going all weekend. It's at the Princess Cinema. Uh, you can actually go to zontakw.org to get all the movie listings. But there's some um, pretty interesting uh, uh, um uh, movies that they have, especially uh, one of them is called A Better Man, and that's a, a movie that my friend Steph actually worked on, um, and it's a it's a really interesting kind of documentary on domestic abuse or uh, you know domestic violence, um, and that's you know on the Friday or sorry on the Thursday and the Saturday. But yeah, check out um, I believe it's zontakw.org, and you can get the entire movie or film festival listings, and that's happening at the Princess. 
Um, another one that I'm really excited for is on November 11th, which is a Sunday, and it's the Night Market at Button Factory. Um, and that's going to be, it's hosted by uh, Lester and Oak, uh, which is a great little vintage shop um, in Uptown. But it is a, um, it's shopping, drinks, and food. It's cash only. Uh, I think there's $2, yeah, it's a $2 charge at the door. Um, proceeds go to One Roof, which uh, helps with youth um, that are struggling, you know, with homelessness and, um, uh, you know, really tough times. And so they have, like, yeah, like Lester and Oak, Loop, Uniconcept, um, uh, Abe Herb. Uh, there's a lot of uh, kind of really great, like True Beauty, a lot of really great local makers and local companies are going to be um, displaying their their goods there. So again, that's November 11th, um, Sunday, uh, from 6 to 10 at Button Factory. And then maybe I'll do one more. Yeah, I'll do one more. There is also a stakeholder session for uh, Waterloo Region's arts and culture. So um, this is something that we've been having a lot of conversations about in the last little bit um, as a community as to where we want to go with our arts and culture and how we want um, that sector to grow, how we want to support it, how we build audience, how we kind of um, develop as a, as a region. So that's going to be a conversation that's going to be hosted at the museum on Wednesday, November 14th from 5.30 to 7.30. Um, it's free admission. It's, it's It should be a really great kind of conversation. Um, and you can hear from uh, the CEO of the museum, David Marscal. You can hear uh, from Martin DeGroat, um, who is an arts columnist for the record. Um, there's, you know, somebody from Kafka, somebody from uh, the region, um, and uh, somebody from Pins and Needles. Um, so it'll be a really great kind of panel um, and, and a good conversation. So those are my events. I have one more. You have one more? Hey, uh, coming up June 19th and 20th, 2019. Oh, yeah. Uh, what, what could that be? We are. We, we never stopped working on True North. No. You'd think you'd spend, uh, like, 18 months working on something, you'd have a break. No. You didn't. We, June 1st, we started working on it. So yeah. uh, the next one, 2019, is coming up. Uh, again, June 19th to the 20th. Tickets are on sale now. If you are a student, work at a startup, or... Are a community indie, builder. Or, not, or work at a not-for-profit. Sure. Non-profit, not-for-profit. Um, community builder. Yeah. I mean, I think if you work for a non-profit, you're generally a community builder anyway. Yeah. But. Well, uh, you can go to truenorthwaterloo.com. You get a ticket for $200. $200. Apply for a ticket. I only have a really limited amount of yeah. those community builder ticket types, so um, definitely try and uh, get your uh, application in as soon as possible. Um, I'm really looking forward to what we can do again with the community this year. We had a really great conversation last year. It's going to be good. We've already uh, announced our first speaker, which is uh, Kate Swift from uh, Recode, which now just got acquired by Vox. So yeah. that should be really, that's going to be a good talk. She's a she's a great journalist, then, so uh, that'll be a really good conversation. Yeah, Talia Sanyui is uh, coming back as our host. She's such a good MC. Uh, literally, our host is with the mostest. Yeah, yeah she's amazing. Yeah. So uh, check out the site, learn a little bit more about that. Um, as always, if you have anything you'd like to talk to us about or events you want us to talk about, uh, you can reach us at Communitech or at YWaterloo on uh, Twitter and Instagram. YWaterloo CA. Yeah, I mean, the social stuff. Oh, yeah, you're yeah. right. It's been so long. It's been so long. Why Water Lucia? Yeah. I don't think I've tweeted in like two months. I know. I don't think um, uh, water, well, I don't think we posted to Instagram in a little bit, too. We have to, we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll back get into going. the swing we'll of things. Going. Yeah. We're, we're back. We're back. We're back. And we're back. All right. Like that Harry well, Carey's good. Thank you for listening. <laughs> and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>